Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I think I almost just gave Tommy a heart attack. Running those stairs back up, though. <laughs> that might give your boy a heart attack. Tommy, our engineer here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, he has a little lair downstairs where he operates the radio machine. And uh, pretty hard to sneak up on him, especially when you're 250 like me. <laughs> But he had his headphones on, and so when I appeared before him, he was uh, quite startled. That's all to say, we'll be doing this show live from the Grey Wolf Peak Casino on Thursday. So very much excited for that, their uh, new sports bar. Grand opening coming up. Missing thing in Nuana's Now, hour number one. You can always find it on the Nuana's Now Sports uh Podcast, the one the one is now podcast, excuse me. It's presented by Sportsbet Montana. Just wanted to get you <laughs> to the sponsor as quick as I could. Also sponsored by the M Store, the Montana State Books Bookstore, and the Advocates. It was the Montana Football Hour, as we will do the first hour of each Monday's show uh, here on Nuana's now throughout the fall football season. So go check that out. Heard from Bobby Halk, Montana head football coach. Brett Vegan, Montana State head football coach. Sean Rainey of SWX Montana Television. And Willie Patterson of the Montana State Bobcats. Andrew, I know that you're just chomping at the bit. <laughs> the practice is scheduled for the Grizz right now is uh, 2.30 to about 4. It's supposed to be 2.30 to 4.30. They wrapped it like 4 today. So it, it's so funny. One thing I appreciate about Bobby Houck is that Montana's head football coach, he can give you his opinion about something and not let it hold him back from operation. In other words, I think one thing that we, we struggle with, I think in, just in our progress as a society, is that when we don't like something, and we're all guilty of this, myself included, I'm sure everybody out there has had a situation where you get frustrated by a dynamic in your life and it negatively impacts the way that you perform 
when that dynamic arises. But that's why football and sports in general is sort of an allegory for life. It's a, it's a microcosm of life. And that's why I always laugh because sometimes the, the cliches of football and from football coaches, even though they are cliché, they're also oftentimes true. They're also oftentimes beneficial. I can't tell you how often I've heard from football coaches. Control what you can control. It sounds cliche. It's also true. Control what you can control. And I think that's why, that's where Bobby Houck is excellent. Because I know in his opinion that he wishes that you could still have double-day football practices in the heat of August. He loves it. He loves watching his guys perform on the football field. But he also knows that the fact that you can't is outside of his control. So let's take advantage of what we can take advantage of. Same thing with the transfers. He, he has bemoaned and, and criticized the state of affairs in college football extensively. He said, I think it's open free agency. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's good for college football. Yet, who, who brought in more transfers than anybody in this offseason of the Big Sky Conference? I actually don't know that that's an actual fact, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a Big Sky Conference school with more transfers on the squad. So... That's Bobby Houck being able to have an opinion on something, yet not let it deter his ability to embrace it. That, that, Rajim Seabrook and I talked about that last Friday. So, you know, you can sit here and, and talk about how much you don't like the roller coaster, the merry-go-round that is college football, how rapidly it's just completely spinning. But there's nothing we can do about it. You, you can't change it. So at some point, you just got to kind of embrace it. And like Coach Houck was saying, it's not about building a program for the future anymore. It's about building a team for the here and now. So that's where I want to start. Um, Montana officially announced, and it's, it's funny, you know, as a reporter, I have never in my career had something that we've reported on that was a, a scoop, so to speak, that, that turned out to be incorrect. But you do always have like that 1% of inclination where you're like, I really, I know I got it right. I know I did. But when, when you see the names officially on the roster, then you're like, yep, we got it. We got the scoop. The scoop becomes a scoop when you, when you report it like we did with the additions of AJ Abbott and Wyatt Wagner and Nico Ramos and Chris Walker and Andrew Trevillian. We re- announced all those guys. We reported all those guys. Uh, a little while ago, I guess our byline was July 18th, so several weeks ago. But then actually seeing them on campus is an affirmative confirmation. But there was a couple other pieces of news here uh, in terms of roster additions for the Grizz. So here's the ones that we did not report. Camden Verstraight, who is a five foot eight, 170-pound redshirt sophomore wide receiver, originally out of Cheney, Washington, and a FBS transfer from Washington. Cooper Barnum, who's a six foot two, 250-pound sophomore safety out of Vancouver, Washington, Skyview High School. He comes by way of the Washington State baseball team. More on him in just a minute. Michael Ray, who's a six foot three, 270-pound freshman offensive lineman out of Yakima, Washington. He's it's actually out of Sela High School. That's actually interesting because Sela is actually not in Yakima. I used to live in that neck of the woods, and I can tell you, Sela is about 20 minutes from Yakima. It's actually its own town. Uh, so maybe that's maybe he's from Yakima and just went to high school in Sela, or maybe there's just a 
little confusion there. It's an irrelevant detail, but it is, you know, one that that I noticed. And then the last one, Adam Botkin, a kid we've talked about on this show. Haven't written about him on Skyline Sports yet, but a kid on uh, we talked about on this show, 6'4", 210-pound kicker and punter. He's a senior from Frenchtown, Montana. Played some college hoops at Rocky Mountain College in Billings. Then most recently has been a practice player for the Montana Lady Grizz basketball team. So you count them up. That's nine additions from the spring roster that are new uh, to the Grizz football roster um, as of today. You have to think that the the addition of Cameron Verstraight, the wide receiver transfer from Washington, has to do at least a little bit with the injury suffered in the spring by Sawyer Rocinelli. Sawyer Rocinelli was also a transfer wide receiver from Washington who unfortunately suffered a what looked like a pretty serious knee injury in the spring. Uh, Michael Ray is not a transfer. He's just a freshman. So that that helps sort of fortify the offensive line depth. Adam Botkin, as we've talked about, is like the most interesting man on Instagram. He's got this TikTok channel, and he's got these videos of him kicking like 60-plus yard field goals at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Who knows if he's going to be able to kick like that in games. It's a little different when you got to have a, a snapper and a holder and all that stuff. But he's an intriguing guy at the very least. But then the one that's uh, an interesting one is Cooper Barnum. And this is not necessarily a complete out of left field. Cooper Barnum, and I've gotten this question on Twitter from several different people inquiring this. So uh, to answer your question, yes, Cooper Barnum is Bruce Barnum's son. Bruce Barnum is the funniest man in Big Sky football. He is the head coach at Portland State. Bruce Barnum and Bobby Houck are, are buddies. That you know, they they certainly both acknowledge that. Cooper Barnum, though, when he was coming out of high school, he's from Skyview High School in, in Vancouver, Washington, which has produced quite a few Grizz guys over the years. Cole Grossman, the starting tight end for the Grizz, is one of those guys right now. But Barnum was a good football player in high school but also a really good pitcher. And he went to Washington State, and he was there for two years as a pitcher there on Wazoo. But the word is that they decided to revamp their entire pitching staff there in Pullman. And so Cooper Barnum was was sort of in some gray area, so he decided maybe he'll go from baseball back to his football roots. Now, this is interesting because I'm not so sure why Bruce Barnum hadn't recruited his son. Maybe he did. Maybe they just had a discussion that that Cooper Barnum didn't want to play for Bruce Barnum. I'm not sure the detail there. I do know, though, that they had a scenario a couple years ago that was like a scenario I've never seen before. Cooper Barnum came on an official visit to Montana as a recruit when he was in high school. His father came with him. (laughs) Bruce Barnum said that on this show last year. He When the Portland State was getting ready to play uh, the Grizz, maybe this was two years ago. No, it was in the spring. Excuse me. The Grizz, the Grizz in Portland State did not play last year during the regular season. But leading up to the spring game last spring, Bruce Barnum was sort of tongue-in-cheek like he always is. But he was saying, hey, I know all the resources that Bobby Houck has. I saw the interior. I, as a dad, I came on a visit with my kid, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, these guys got the Champion Center. They got Washington Grizzly Stadium. Like, these guys have no excuses. And I just thought that was so funny because I don't know if you could ever replicate a scenario in which a head football coach in the same league goes on a recruiting visit with his son to an opposing school. Like, 
imagine if Lane Kiffin had a college-age son who was going on a recruiting visit to Alabama. Right, like imagine who's who's the new coach at, uh, at at South Carolina, Frank Beamer's son. Right, imagine if Coach Beamer, his son was going on visits to Georgia, and and then an SEC coach is going as a dad to, to go see the the opposition's facilities. It, it would just be a, a crazy dynamic. So that's all to say, a bunch of new additions for the Grizz, including one interesting one: the the son of a rival coaches. Uh, a rival coach in the Big Sky Conference uh, joining the Montana Grizzlies. This new one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. You got questions, comments? What do you want to know about Big Sky Conference football, specifically the Montana schools, as we continue to rap about it uh, here on ESPN? Call us or text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888 888- one zero two nine. Call us or text us and let us know what uh, you think or what you want to know about the Grizz, about the Bobcats, or about anything else that has to do with college football in the Big Sky Cards. Our producer, Andrew Houghton, sitting on the other side of the glass. First of all, what do you think of Barney's kid coming to Montana? I, I have no idea the quality. Of, I mean, this kid was good enough to be recruited by Montana out of high school, so he's a Division One caliber player, obviously a good athlete that played baseball in college as well. But what do you think of this dynamic? It's sort of funny, right? I mean, I guess it's it's a little bit of an awkward deal when Portland State's coming to town on September 24th. Uh, I don't know if we've ever really had a situation like this. Well, it's just an awkward deal that he didn't go to Portland State, right? Right. You have to think, though, because Barnum talked about their recruiting visit here and, and all that. It's, it's, it's pretty obvious to me. I'm speculating here, but it's pretty obvious to me that they had a conversation where they were like, you're not going to come play for me. Or he was like, Dad, I don't want to come play for you. Right? I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Yeah, I mean, me neither, I guess. I mean, the fact of the matter, that's it's sort of unfortunate. But, like, when you're Robbie Houck and you leave NAU to go to Montana because your dad becomes the head coach, you also left a, a program that's okay to come to a program that's great. Right. That's the di- dichotomy here, right? It, I mean, let's be frank. If you have a chance to go to Montana or Portland State, Montana's just a way better program. In a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I just think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It, it is, for sure. Especially because these guys are self-proclaimed buddies. Um, what else did you think? Do you have any other questions or comments or anything you want to ask me or discuss about this uh, this first day specifically of, of Grizz football practice? No, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, that really is what it's all about. And, and I would have been doing the same thing, you know, if I'd been out there today just looking at at these guys and and seeing who's put on good weight who looks better who looks faster I thought it was a, a good point about AJ Abbott throwing a throwing a nice ball in comparison with Lucas Johnson but that's just all the things you can check out at, at one day of fall practice I mean it gets a little bit overwhelming you got to actually focus down on a couple of these guys just to be able to have any conclusions so I thought that was pretty good it is sort of um I don't want to say overwhelming, but it's very visually stimulating to watch this Grizz team practice. For those who have never been down to Dornblazer, the first, and I always tease Coach Houck about this, but the first 30 to 45 minutes of practice looks the same every day, and it also looks pretty much the same as when I was covering Montana back as a student journalist in the mid-2000s. They do these very detailed, very up-tempo 
special teams slash tackling circuits. Then they go into some pod stuff. Then they do some some alignment stuff. And then they stretch. And then they break off. And, and they the reason they practice down at Dornblazer, because Bobby Halk, he first of all, he loves being on the grass. But second of all, he loves just having all the space. He loves the D lineman way over behind the softball field. And then some of the offensive guys and the skill guys on defense on this field and some of the other defensive linemen and linebackers over here, he likes using two or three fields worth of grass. So uh, it's it's hard to get an eye on all of them. It's also just sort of hard to keep track of early because and I don't know what the, what the why is here. I know it's a lot harder than most fans want it to want to believe it is. But the roster is like ever in flux, and you just never know when guys are changing numbers on the roster. And it just takes it takes a good probably seven to ten days to really gauge who's wearing what number and and where they're at. New guys wearing new numbers, returning players wearing new numbers. There's all sorts of different things that go into it, but uh, it does take a couple days to to get your bearings. So we'll keep on uh, breaking down. The latest and the greatest when it comes to uh, the Grizz, the Bobcats, and uh, the rest of the Big Sky Conference. I want to talk some NFL. I also want to talk some high school football. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. We'll talk some NFL, some big storylines coming into the NFL season, and some more recruiting news out of the state of Montana. The Grizz got their first in-state commit. He's out of Helena Capital. He's a defensive lineman. I think that means... Well, the Capitals' defensive line is going to be pretty good. Two of the first commitments for the class of 2023, one to the Cats, one to the Grizz. They're both D-linemen from Capital. I think Capital's probably going to be pretty stout. We'll give you some of the best storylines from around AA football here at the high school level as well. All football all the time. Got to love it. It's that time of year. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. I know that Pearl Jam is such a, a popular band around these parts, and justifiably so. I mean, Pearl Jam... Had one of their first shows ever at the University Theater on the University of Montana campus. They've come back to Missoula several times, sold out Washington Grizzly Stadium. Jeff Amon, you know, a friend of ours here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, comes on the trail. They have deep Montana ties. I just hope people don't forget the cultural significance of Pearl Jam, not only as a pioneer of, of grunge rock and roll, 
but also in the late 90s when they decided to go total counterculture and, and not make music videos when that was still so in vogue and when they had their whole battle with Ticketmaster because they wanted to keep their tickets low-priced. Pearl Jam's become sort of a... They're like living legends, and so people go to see them because of their body of work, and that's awesome. I just hope that people don't forget the impact that they made on the music industry beyond just their their badass music. So, you know, history is important. Thanks for being with us. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, my head's just spinning because I got so much football up in there, but I want to keep talking football, so let's talk some NFL. Let's talk some high school football. First, let's talk some NFL. Andrew, I... Uh, we have been waxing about the NFL quite a bit, but I wanted to know what you think are some of the, the big storylines in the league. What, what questions do you have about the league? What talking points are there uh, as we, I mean, the preseason has started. The Hall of Fame game just happened, and that uh, we're into full-fledged training camp. So what, what do you think are some of the, the, the most interesting things to talk about? Yeah, I got a lot of them. I don't know if any of them are, are all that interesting. Everything about the NFL is interesting. Everything about the NFL can be interesting. That Yeah, see, you don't have the degeneration that I have within my blood. We, we are, I'm on my group text for fantasy football. I'm teasing all the guys like I always do that I'm not going to play this year. My brother's taking shots at me. Saying, "Oh, that's good. The, de- the defending champion is not going to play." <laughs> He's like, "Nah, you gotta, you gotta put your money back in the circle." All right, I agree. You know, I also got the, you know, the, the gambling, uh, the the gambling thing <laughs> that I quite enjoy doing. So I, I maybe think it's a little bit more interesting than others. But you always have such a pragmatic view on things, which I appreciate very much. Uh, but I think that. I'll think whatever you ask me is interesting. <laughs> All right, here's one I'm I'm focusing on, and we talk a lot about the young quarterbacks for good reason, uh, because guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. All those guys, they're the future of the league. In a lot of ways, they're the present of the league as well. Exactly, yep. I think something that could really determine the course of the league this year is what happens to all the old quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Is this the year Tom Brady falls off? And that's probably the most repeated question about the NFL uh, probably ever. But a lot of contenders are relying on old quarterbacks this year. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Is this the year where his game takes a step back? Yep. You're high on the Indianapolis Colts. They're relying on Matt Ryan this year. Even the defending Super Bowl champions, I mean, if Matt Stafford's game takes a step back and he's getting up there in age, I I just think there are a lot of teams with a lot of big goals that that sort of have that question. And we're seeing guys be able to play longer and longer. But if those guys take a step back, a lot of those teams are going to have some issues. There's a great article in Sports Illustrated about this time last year, about this phenomenon. Why is it that there was this sort of lost generation of, of quarterbacks? You, you had the, the guys that, that came into the league and took the league over in the mid to late 90s, you know, first with guys like Brett Favre and then into the, the late 90s like Peyton Manning and Donovan McNabb and Eli Manning. And Tom Brady. And then he had a couple guys in the kind of mid-2000s, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers. And then all those guys held their post for a football generation is like 10 years. A generation in society is like 20 to 25 years, but a football generation is like 10 years. 
those guys held the league in the, the palm of their hands for more like 20. And there was this whole group of guys that came up that weren't any better than the old guys. And and Matt Ryan's one of the one of the better of, of the guys from that sort of lost generation. And think about, you know, Matt Ryan's had an okay amount of success. I mean, he's he's gonna finish with pretty significant statistics and he, he won an MVP. He got to the Super Bowl one year. But most of the other guys from sort of that quote unquote lost generation, there there was no one that was ever able to overtake Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. And that's why Ben Roethlisberger stayed as the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though he incrementally got worse. That's why Phillip Rivers was getting signed as a free agent after he left the Chargers to go have a, a you know a swan song season in, in Indianapolis. But I do think now we have a changing of the guard. We have a whole new group of young quarterbacks that are taking the NFL by storm. I think that the primary factor in why that has happened is that if you used to be, if you ran a college-style offense, a spread offense in college, you were pretty much non-applicable to running a pro-style offense in the NFL. Now there's not nearly the differences in college offenses and pro offenses. A lot more spread concepts. Guys are a lot more ready. That's how you have Patrick Mahomes. That's how you have Kyler Murray. They're running much more similar systems to what they were running in college. But I do also think, though, what you brought up, Drew Brees is also a guy that has to be in that that old guard as well. But what you brought up is exactly right. Quarterbacks can play a lot longer now. There's sort of a new definition of how long quarterbacks can play. But also, what this article in Sports Illustrated went into is, in the NFL, the, the window to make a decision is only two to three seconds long. So, your athleticism and all of the things that come with youth are largely, if not totally, irrelevant because it's all about how quick can you make a decision and how quick can you get rid of the ball. Tom Brady, he doesn't have the strongest arm in NFL history, far from it. He has perhaps the quickest release in NFL history, though. His ability to make a decision and throw a dart is, I'm not going to say second to none because Aaron Rodgers is right there as well. But this whole article was about how these older quarterbacks dominate the league because of their mind and their mind alone. They have more pictures in their head that they can then use in their arsenal. That's where Peyton Manning was so good. He, he had it diagnosed exactly what you were doing defensively. So even as his arm talent eroded, his athleticism eroded, his decision-making was at an all-time high. And so until Tom Brady has something wrong with his brain... I don't really know when he's going to take a step back, and I think Aaron Rodgers is in a similar boat. I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of good years left in him. Russell Wilson, a lot of good years left in him. You know, you mentioned Matt Stafford, such an interesting one because he came into the league as such a young guy as the number one overall pick out of Georgia, and, you know, Matt Stafford is 34 years old, so I think he still has a couple good years left, so... You know, I don't think that relying... I think that the, the the desire to rely on a young quarterback this day and age in the NFL is much more about money than it is about performance. If you can get Justin Herbert to play at a conference championship level, that's the best thing for your franchise because you're not paying him 
the uber, uber dollars yet. The guys that are older, they hamstring you more because of the amount that they cost rather than their performance. Maybe some of this that notion is proved wrong, but all, all I know is that I would still rather ride with most of the guys like Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford than a lot of the other guys like Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill and some of the other just sort of Kirk Cousins, you know, the mediocre quarterbacks of the league that just get you stuck. I mean, it's my notion that having an okay quarterback that makes a lot of money is the worst situation you can ever be in. It's why I think Kirk Cousins is the single worst starting quarterback in the NFL because he, at one point in time, he signed the richest guaranteed deal ever, which then robbed the Vikings of the ability to have money to pay for their premier defensive guys. And Kirk Cousins is good enough to win eight games. That's why he's the worst situation you could be in because he gets you stuck in picking number 14 over and over again. You can't outdraft him ever either. It's better to be it's better to be worse in the NFL than it is to be mediocre, at least in the span of one year. It's Nuan is now ESPN Radio talking all things NFL. Andrew Houghton, our producer, chiming in on the conversation. I agree with a lot of the things you said about the quarterback specifically. I also, uh, you brought up Ben Roethlisberger, and there are ways that it goes downhill really quickly when you lose it. And there's just physical deterioration that those guys won't be able to overcome at some point. Roethlisberger is a great example, though, of he was a guy that did need a certain modicum of athleticism to be able to play his style of football, right? Well, Aaron Rodgers needs that, though. That, that's true. That, that It's actually a really good point. Aaron Rodgers actually does need that. And the guy that I'm worried about maybe the most out of this group is uh, Russell Wilson, who's not even that old. He's only 33, but he's been in the league for a decade, right. and he definitely needs a degree of athleticism definitely. to be able to play his game. Definitely. And, and, you know, it's funny because I have always actually kind of been a, a Matt Ryan hater, and our new shtick with Rajim Seabrook just making fun of him <laughs> constantly is is classic. I'm not high on the Colts, though. See, this is where I differentiate from many of the the, uh, the national media people. I, I evaluate teams on several primary factors, one of which is kind of the quarterback, but I'm not saying the Colts are going to be one of my, my AFC uh, potential dark horses because of Matt Ryan. I just think Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers, and I think the rest of what the Colts got is what most of the rest of the NFL wishes that they had. The Colts have premier players at all three levels of their defense, which is one of the main goals to be a Super Bowl contender. They also have one of the best offensive lines in football, and they have a power back who's also a three-down back in Jonathan Taylor, and they have some really good skill talent around them. So I'm not thinking that the Colts are one of my dark horses in the NFL because of the addition of Matt Ryan. I just think that Matt Ryan's a slight upgrade to what's already a formidable Ross, all right, how about one more NFL talking point here, and then we'll talk some high school football on our way home. Yeah, just to hit it real quick here, you mentioned you don't want to be in the middle. Who are the teams who you think are going to be at the bottom this year racing for that number one pick? Do you think there's any sort of transcendent talent in the draft this year, especially at quarterback? And I know C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are sort of the guys at the top. And do you think there are any teams who maybe if they bottom out and get one of those guys this year, can bounce right back uh, and be a contender with one of those guys in the roster that they already have. Well, I do think that that Bryce Young from Alabama and um, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State are are certainly going to be 
some of the top headliners. As one of our loyal listeners always inquires whenever we uh, talk Ohio State quarterbacks, he always texts me, remind me the last Ohio State quarterback that was good in the NFL. And it's a good point. And maybe Justin Fields bucks the notion, I'm not sure, but they have had an unbelievable run of really athletic quarterbacks that dominated the college level that have not been very good at the pro level. I do think Bryce Young is a bona fide uh, day one starter in the NFL for sure. But, um, I mean, other guys, I know that uh, Kentucky's got a guy, Will Levis, uh, who's pretty good. Um, but, but it's a good question. I, I think that the, the teams that are going to be racing for the number one pick include the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions, the New York Football Giants. And I'm not, I'm, I'm really just so confused at what's going on in Carolina. I want to believe that Carolina could be okay. Carolina and Atlanta both, right? Uh, yeah, totally. I think that Carolina has this severe issue where they went outside the box and they hired a college coach. And you can build up the hype and the vision for a couple of years, but then when it's clear that mediocre is your, your ceiling, then the noise starts to crush you. And that's a bad situation to be in. I don't know if Matt Rule can handle that noise. Carolina's completely outside of the big media markets. They're one of the least nationally relevant teams. So maybe the noise is not quite as loud as it would be if you're in San Francisco or L.A. or even Seattle or Phoenix or, you know, I mean, pretty much Pittsburgh, anywhere. But I think that Carolina's probably one notch above that. But the, the, the thing that's uh, interesting and, and uh, sort of confusing is the Jaguars have already been in this same situation since drafting Trevor Lawrence, since now drafting Trayvon Walker. So at what point does the Jaguars get out of this this mode? If I'm going to sit here and proclaim that you want to be as bad as you can be so you can turn around your franchise, and then you go get three number one picks in the span of five years and you're still bad, that, that means you just really are broken as a franchise. Yeah, I don't think the Jaguars are actually going to be in that mix this year. I don't think they're going to be good by any means, but I think they'll find a way to get to five or six wins, probably with some improvement from Trevor Lawrence and just having generally sane people on staff. So I don't think they're going to be in the mix, but I there's some interesting teams here where if they bottom out for a year and Bryce Young is as good as some people think he's going to be, like what happens if the Seahawks only win three or four games this year? What happens if the Giants bottom out and win three or four games this year and get an actually blue-chip quarterback prospect? I think the Lions are an interesting team there where if they have a a blue-chip quarterback prospect, they've got some other pieces on that roster to bounce back really quickly. And so to finish this talking point, and it's a good one, the Seahawks have stability as a franchise, even though I expect the Seahawks to be bad this year. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. You want to prove to yourself that Drew Locke can't do it. Go 4-13 and 13 and then draft Bryce Young. That, that would be a dream scenario if you're Seattle. I also believe that the New York Giants, and I know that they've had a little bit of a change in ownership and there, there's been some, some volatility in the front office portion of the organization, but they're not like uh, there's no there's nothing that you're really ever going to be able to tell me that Detroit's ever going to be good. I don't know how they're ever going to figure out what I mean. They've just been stuck in the same thing forever, right? Whereas the Giants, 
were always good until the last five years. I don't know what really happened, but for whatever reason, maybe it's my just own internal bias, but I, I believe that the Giants could figure it out again. I believe, despite my, my distaste for them, that the Seahawks could figure it out again. I actually believe that <laughs> I actually believe that pretty much every NFL franchise could somehow figure it out. The only ones that I think are completely wayward are Detroit, Houston, and maybe Jacksonville, but yeah. this is a huge prove it year for the Jags. Yeah, I like that list. And if you're Bryce Young, you don't want to go to Houston, right? You don't want to go but, to Houston, you don't want to go to Detroit. But but I would rather go to that's where that's that's the 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 desolation that Detroit is. Sure. Is I would rather go to every NFL franchise than the, the than the Detroit Lions. Like not even it's not even a question. And there's so many things go into that, right? The the Lions have have been losers for all of time. They've never been good. I mean, have the have the Lions made the play, the Lions made the playoffs? I think once when Matt Stafford was there and once when Barry Sanders was there. That's it. They've been losers forever for my entire 35 years alive on the earth. Whereas Houston has been actually pretty good since they were an expansion franchise. It's just been this last couple years, the fallout from the Bill O'Brien departure and all that. So I don't know, man. There's also just Detroit as a city and, and how sad that's been, the way that it's just declined. And in Houston, if you hit it, you can become a super-duper star because you're in Texas and you're in the fourth-largest city in America and you have a franchise that doesn't have that much history. So you can sort of write the history itself. Whereas, I mean, don't get me wrong – if you hit it big in Detroit, you would be the story of the NFL. I just don't know. There's nothing that gives me faith that that's uh, ever going to happen. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We'll talk a little bit about high school football, some of the best storylines in the state of Montana. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Television. The internet is truly an amazing place. I'm just looking at the headlines on ESPN.com, and uh, the the true obsession for football in this country. <laughs> I battle with all the time because I love football, and obviously I make my living talking about it. But man, it's crazy. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Joe Burrow's feeling better. In uh, in case you wanted to know. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Monday. Hope you're having a phenomenal day. We, uh, it's kind of a, uh, a hectic day. Just getting into the flow of it all. And so I, I think that we got to a ton today. You can find everything from today on the Nuanas Now podcast. Heard from Bobby Houck, Montana head football coach. Also heard from Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Heard from Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach. Willie Patterson of Montana State uh, football team, a senior wide receiver. We also talked some Big Sky Conference, some NFL. Thought today was a little bit manic, though, so we'll be uh, we'll be cruising uh, at a a more uh, cruise control pace here uh, for the rest of uh, the month. But thanks so much for being here. If you missed anything, you can always find it on the podcast, probably presented by uh, the M Store, the MSU Bookstore, Sports Bet Montana, and the Advocates. Just a couple minutes left. I want to do a little prep extra. It's presented by Farmer State Bank. Bank like a local, Montana native, or just putting down some roots. Farmer State Bank will make you feel right at home. Farmer State Bank has been helping 
Montanans succeed since 1907. Last week, the announcement of another uh, football commitment for um, the Montana Grizzlies, their first in-state commitment for the class of 2023. And it comes from Austin Bueller, who's a defensive lineman out of Helena Capital. He is the son of Greta Koss Bueller, who, by the way, how fitting, Greta will join us on Thursday for Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath. It's our Where Are They Now series. Greta Koss was a uh, Lady Grizz standout in the 90s who then went on to play in the WNBA, one of the great players that Montana has ever had. And now her son will be a incoming Montana Grizzly, part of the class of 2023, expected to sign in either December or in February. So that's the first in-state commit for the Grizz. The first in-state commit for the Bobcats was Talon Marsh, who, by the way, is also a Helena Capital defensive lineman, which got me thinking, man, Helena Capital's probably going to be pretty good on the D-line if they got two Division One guys up there on their front. And uh, a good Helena Capital team will be good for, for Class AA football. And I started thinking about all the various storylines. I think we'll have to probably hash some of these out uh, throughout the week. But uh, Helena High has been the, the dominant of the two uh, Helena schools the last couple of years. But there's, there's uh, some questions there. They have a new head coach, Scott Evans, retired at the end of last season. Scott uh, was the head coach for five years, but also was an assistant under Tony Arnston for a really, really long time. Arnston was there for 20-plus years. So going to be a whole new regime there at uh, Helena High. Helena Capital's got some stability. They also got some talented linemen. They got some talented skill guys. So it should be some good football there in the capital city. But I actually think there's going to be such competitive football in all of the seven cities in Montana. Saw uh, the Slitter kid from up in Kalispell Glacier get offered by the Montana schools uh, in, in the last week or so. You know Bozeman High is probably going to be pretty good. Everett Carr an offensive lineman from the Hawks is committed to the Bobcats. But Bozeman Gallatin now coming into year three of the high school with some of their young coaching talent. Got to think that they're going to be pretty good, or at least it's only a matter of time before they are. I think Great Falls has a couple of the best uh, athletes in the state. Cole Taylor, who's uh, gotten offered by both the Montana schools, who's the quarterback at Great Falls CMR, and then Reed Harris, who's probably the number one prospect in the state, other than Jacob Anderson at Billings West. Jacob Anderson at Billings West committed to uh, Oregon State, a big offensive lineman. But Reed Harris committed to Boston College, uh, the quarterback for Great Falls High. So there's a ton of great storylines around AA football, and we will hash those out over the next coming week and month uh, here at Nuanas Now. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 4 p.m. And... Uh, a great slate for you, including the return of Justin Angle, a business angle, and more Grizz football coverage. We'll see you then, 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.